Welcome to the Art and Science of Joy podcast. This podcast is all about inspiring people to live more joyfully. So if you're seeking a bit more joy in your own life or seeking to bring some more joy to the lives of others, then this podcast could well be for you. I'm Andrew Cannon, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to the Joy Power Breaks series. In each episode of the series, I'll be giving you a highlights tour of a theme, which we have recently covered in depth in the Joy Superpass series. So why not grab a cup of tea or a coffee, sit back and enjoy 10 minutes in my company as we reflect this week on the power of optimism. Living in Finland, this is one of the most challenging times of year for me. Being a lover of the sun, I find myself struggling mentally and physically as the days shorten. The sun stays low in the sky and is often hidden behind clouds for days, if not weeks on an end this time of year. So it could be easy for me to drift into pessimism with the thought that there is still nine months to go until summer. But instead, I choose to think with an optimistic frame of mind that in only two months from now, the days will start getting longer. I choose to see the glass as half full. How about you? Is your glass generally half full or half empty? No matter which it is today, we can hopefully help you with some tips from the optimist toolbox. But first, let's take a moment to look at the science. As the example I just gave demonstrates, optimism is an attitude, and it really is a choice we can all make. I'm reminded of this by Winston Churchill when he says, a pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity, an optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. And there certainly are lots of challenges in the world today, the climate and the pandemic to name but two. And it is easy to become pessimistic, especially with all the fear and negativity spread by the media. So why should you be an optimist rather than a pessimist? Well, the relationship between optimism and well-being has been studied quite a bit, and the results leave no room for second guessing. Optimism has been shown to have tremendous benefits when it comes to mental and physical health. And here are just some of the research findings on the effects of optimism on our well-being. According to Conversano et al. in their research in 2010, optimists have a lower risk of suffering from depression and anxiety disorders. Optimism is also associated with the capability to deal better with difficult experiences and life's inevitable hardships. In addition to this, Soliha, in research in 2011, showed that optimism is linked with lower stress levels. Compared to pessimistic people, optimists live longer heal more quickly, and experience higher levels of overall health. Hopefully, this quick dip into the science convinces you that adopting an optimistic mindset definitely pays off, maybe even providing you with some additional years to enjoy on this planet. If you want to dig deeper into the topic of optimism, here are a few book recommendations to get you started. Firstly, Rainy Brain, Sunny Brain by Elaine Fox, Enlightenment Now by Stephen Plinker, which I'm told is Bill Gates' new favorite book of all time. Learned Optimism, How to Change Your Mind and Your Life by Martin Seligman, a pioneer of positive psychology. And last but not least, The Case for Optimism, The Optimist Voices by Victor Purton. So having found lots of great science on the power of optimism, I was excited to be able to further explore this joy superpower in the company of Victor Purton, Noireen Mosley, and Jenny Boymar who are doing such fantastic work championing optimism. Victor is the chief optimism officer 
of the Centre of Optimism. Noireen and Jenny are directors of an online learning business, Educate to Elevate, as well as directors of the nonprofit Project Optimism. One thing Victor Noireen and Jenny were all quick to point out is that optimism is not about seeing pink clouds and unicorns and lollipops all the time. In fact, Victor points out that optimism and realism go hand in hand. He says that the weakness of positive thinking is that you can't accept that there is grief, for example. And this is where optimism differs from just thinking positive thoughts. Victor explains that the strength of optimism is understanding that tough things happen and that you can't always do anything about that. However, it is optimism that gives you the persistence and the resilience to deal with these things. As Victor says, if you are resilient, if you persist, if you're going to work your way through disaster or tragedy, you've got to believe there's a better future and you can't be resilient unless you're optimistic. Jenny emphasizes that optimism can be learned, that it's a choice. And she shares a few tips to get you started. Firstly, ask yourself the question, what makes you optimistic? When you ask yourself or others this question, there's no other place it can take you other than to a positive place. So why not spend a moment now to ask yourself that very question, what makes you optimistic? What immediately popped into my mind was my young daughter. Having spent last week with her visiting family in the UK for the first time in over a year, seeing how her joyful energy and positivity infected others with joy certainly made me feel optimistic about the future. Jenny's second tip is to consider more carefully the language you use and how you interact with people. Instead of asking someone how you are today, for example, try asking them, what's the best thing that's happened to you today? Smile at people and find the opportunities to laugh. Thirdly, Jenny says, surround yourself with optimists and people who motivate you and help you feel like things are going to work out for you. During our chat, Noreen gave some great tips on how to remain optimistic in a world where media is bombarding us with negativity and bad news on a daily basis. Firstly, Noreen says, inform and educate yourself. Question and challenge what you're hearing in the news and on social media. Are bad things really happening to the extent that we think they are? Or are we just constantly hearing about it and things aren't actually quite that bad as the clickbait hungry media often tries to make out? Secondly, regulate your media intake. It's easy to control the media you're consuming. Just turn off the radio or don't start your day by reading the news. It's also important to remember that good news stories are out there too. You just have to go looking for them. Thirdly, be your own news channel and share the good stuff. Share your stories of hope and optimism or good news that you come across. For example, yesterday, I came across the news of a retired banker devoting his millionaire fortune to restoring protective sand dunes on island beaches. I found that very inspirational. Hopefully, I've managed to convince you, if indeed you needed convincing, that optimism has huge benefits and that it can be learned. Optimism isn't, however, a one-size-fits-all mindset. There are many different types of optimists, and you may not find all of them relatable. And the important thing is to find the type of optimism that resonates with you. To learn more about the different types of optimism, why not visit the Centre of Optimism website, which is, by the way, a treasure trove 
of great resources on the power of optimism and visit their our research section. And if you scroll down on the page on their 2021, what makes you optimistic survey, you'll see a pie chart with many different types of optimism. Check them out and see which ones resonate with you. You don't have to be a lollipop and unicorn sort of optimist like my eight-year-old daughter, but sure, you can be if that does resonate. I'm going to leave you now with a challenge. I'd like to ask you to search online for the habits of an optimist and navigate to the Project Optimism website where you can take their free course. Then choose any of the optimism habits which resonate with you and just start doing them on a regular basis. Don't be hard on yourself for not being perfect, but do check in with yourself regularly on your progress. Not much in life is guaranteed, but we can pretty much guarantee that embedding optimism habits into your everyday life will bring more joy, not only to your own life, but also to the lives of others as well. So I hope you, our listeners, feel inspired and empowered by this little joy power break. If so, please visit our website, theartandscienceofjoy.com, to read more about the power of optimism or to listen to the full podcast episode with Jenny, Noireen and Victor, which you can also find on your favourite podcast platform by searching for The Art and Science of Joy. Whilst there, why not subscribe to our podcast and join us as we explore more and more joy's superpowers? And why not hop into social media and using the hashtag joy superpowers, share your own experiences with optimism? We'd love to hear your stories. And if you don't already do so, please follow the art and science of joy on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Come and join in the conversation and help us spread the power of joy. Why not start by simply sharing with others what brings you joy today? Thanks once again for listening. And I hope you tune in for the next Joy Power Break episode when I'll be giving a highlights tour on the art and science behind the joy superpower of reading. Until then, farewell and be joyful.